Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea, and as a matter of fact, all the way across the shining sea, this is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here on another terrific Tuesday for Torch Report 425, Before Freedom Falls for Good. Before freedom falls for good, friends, we need to come together. We need to stand together. We need to fight together. We need to unite the tribes. And these uh, these are the critical issues. Today we're going to be getting into the critical issues, I think, that can unite the tribes. Things that people can come together and stand together in opposition to. So yesterday's foray... Uh, kind of into that, you know, that certain verbiage that might be useful for breaking down walls, for building bridges with the, f- you know, left-leaning members of our community. I was trying to drive home the point that there is more that unites us than there is that divides us, so long as we properly frame the conversation. When we talk about us versus them, we need to make sure that it's not left versus right, uh, Republican versus Democrat, or what have you, that it's really, in a nutshell, it's we, the peasants of the world, against the imperial global cabal. And it's the average everyday citizens against the ruling class elites. So those who want to live and let live and and be left the hell alone, we need to unite together against those who are hell-bent on forcefully imposing their draconian totalitarian fantasies upon the whole of humanity. Now, friends, it is my belief, sincerely, you know, naive as it might be, I sincerely believe that such a perspective, you know, it should appeal to people across the full breadth of the political spectrum. Now, I I know that there are some people that are hopelessly lost, you know, but I, I was mentioning yesterday that we need people on the left. We need the classical liberals, the old school Democrats, the working class rebels, you know, the intellectually honest academic types. We need them to join us in a crusade for truth. We need them to vote. Not just for the knee-jerk, you know, the preconditioned party line partisanship stuff, but for the bigger picture purpose of uprooting the treachery and the corruption that is rapidly destroying our ability. It's rapidly destroying everyone's ability to live as free human beings. I believe that if there is any hope of this strategy gaining steam, it's ultimately going to boil down to each of us taking the individual initiative to intentionally engage in challenging conversations for the sake of forging meaningful agreement, forging alliances, building allies, uniting the tribes. Because censorship and corruption and the consolidation of power threaten us all. doesn't really matter what your label is. And I believe this holds true from the community level to the county level, the state level, the federal level, all the way up to the global level as well. And, you know, just being the opinionated peasant that I am, I believe that anyone who disagrees with that (laughs) is a hopelessly lost person, you know. They're lost in the nebulous delusions of the collective hive mind. In other words, if, if somebody doesn't agree with the fact that censorship corruption and consolidation of power threatens us all, they've got their collective head buried so far up their collective backside that they can no longer see the light of day. 
let alone the light of truth. So if that's the case, you talk to somebody like that, just don't waste your time. You might you know, be tempted to smack them on the face, but just keep walking. You know, All that said, friends, I, I noticed a headline out this morning, and we will be getting into some headline news here momentarily, but uh, <clears throat> I noticed a headline out this morning that lends credence to the fact that right now we do have a narrow window of opportunity. We have this opportunity to speak the truth and actually have it received. The headline out I saw today said, Democrats are hitting a brick wall with young voters. Turns out a lot of young voters, you know, they don't really like all of this weird stuff that's being shoved down their throats. And that article about Democrats hitting the wall, it pairs very nicely with an article I saw recently over at the New York Times that was indicating millennials are moving to the right. So Democrats are hitting the brick wall, trying to shove their agenda down the throat of young voters. And meanwhile, millennials are moving to the right. And that is good news. Again, that means we have an opportunity here. So Friends, for all of the boomers out there in the listening audience, along with all of my fellow Gen Xers, it is absolutely critical that we capitalize on this shifting sentiment. Young people are always looking for someone to look up to, right? I mean, it's just natural. They need role models. They need older, wiser people to help them make sense of what the hell is going on in the world. Thus, friends, if you have a chance to reach out and bring a budding young mind under your wing, pounce on it immediately. You know, even if the kids themselves are too young to vote, don't miss the chance to plant some seeds, you know? Plant the seeds that freedom is the most good for the most people. Plant the seeds that mutual respect can put an end to perpetual conflict. Plant the seeds that liberty means we were born free, that we're meant to live that way, and that the American dream was ultimately designed so that everybody can embrace that reality that we're born free. And don't underestimate a young person's ability to convey these truths to their parents. I understand it may seem like a long shot, but I believe it's a shot worth taking. Now, as I was writing that this morning, there were a few things that were going through my mind, and I just want to share these with you. You know, where my head was at? Where is this coming from, Luke? What are you talking about, Luke? You know, okay, the first thing that came to mind was I just read this book called Virus of the Mind by uh, Richard Brody, and I lent it out to somebody right after I read it, so I haven't, I haven't gotten a full report on it yet. But I'm here to tell you right now, according to the Virus of the Mind, the science of memetics is as sound as the laws of physics. Actually, that's according to 100 years of science, but never mind that. That book, The Virus of the Mind, spells it out. The implications that by planting these seeds of thought, these these seeds are going to attempt to self-replicate. That's what a meme or memetics is. Uh, it's gonna, the, these concepts attempt to self-replicate. And so long as they are planted in the fertile soil of personal connection, mind you. Now, the second thing that came to mind uh, here is I, I've previously outlined the adaptation agenda, right? That's the globalist adaptation agenda, a.k.a. the global cabal's insidious strategy to brainwash youth and children into mindless collectivist minions. That is despicable to me. But I think it is absolutely imperative that we push back with our own strategy to engage youth and young adults 
by focusing on the value that freedom brings to their unfolding lives. It shouldn't be that hard of a sell. Okay. The third thing I want to point out here as the parent of a teenager, as a former court-appointed special advocate for children, as a former high school football coach, I can personally attest to the impact your positive presence can and will have in a young person's life. Don't doubt your ability to have a positive impact. There are many, many young people who have no one to look up to. Their family home life may be crap and all that stuff. You know, They are lost and they need your help. Now, that said, friends, enough of the feel-good pep talk. I'm serious about everything I've just said. But I understand that's probably not what you're tuning in here for. That's not why you subscribe to the Torch Report, the truth you can trust. So are you ready, my friends, for some fast and furious news analysis? (laughs) Making up a little time here. I am. So let's go ahead and jump in. Do you remember? Do you remember those billions of dollars in financial aid and military equipment that we've been dumping into the bottomless pit of corruption known as Ukraine. You recall all of that? We've talked about it. Of course, it's been out in the news a lot. Well, it turns out now, even CNN is is facing the sobering reality that it's all been for naught. All of that money, all that military equipment is, is really amounted to nothing. They're admitting right now, even CNN is admitting that the much hyped Ukrainian counteroffensive has it's really been nothing more than a meat grinder for the withering Ukrainian forces. God rest their souls. Okay, these poor, poor bastards. You know, they're being used and like cannon fodder. And if you've been with me for a while, you may recall that that was precisely the plan to use the Ukrainians like cannon fodder. Uh, it was, it was, you know, eloquently penned out by none other than Mr. George Soros himself in his 1993 essay titled Toward a New World Order, the future of NATO, Toward a New World Order. He says, incidentally, uh, I'm just going to read this little excerpt actually from Torture Port 290, taking off the gloves, time to take off the gloves. There's a little excerpt here, quote, incidentally, George Soros cast this vision of using manpower from Eastern Europe combined with the military might of NATO to reduce the risk of body bags for NATO and their Western allies. That would be us. So George Soros, and you know, I'm reading, from, I'm quoting from the, his essay, but using manpower from Eastern Europe combined with NATO power, that is exactly what's happening. The NATO alliance, you know, Ukraine is not in NATO, right? But we're dumping, you know, you know, millions, billions of dollars and all this military equipment into this Eastern European country to reduce the body bag count for NATO and the U.S., you know, Western allies. Put more bluntly, Soros was explaining that the global elite should use Ukrainians like cannon fodder to attack and destabilize Russia so they could capture Ukraine's ample natural resources during Reconstruction, period, end quote. Friends, for all those reasons and more, you know, I, I believe that these so-called you know, the plot to assassinate Vladimir the jackass Zelensky, that was a little more than stage propaganda. You know, it's just intended to draw out Western sympathies, you know, attempt to justify wasting more of your hard-earned tax dollars to further escalate the threat of nuclear war, to further fuel the never-ending conflict in Eastern Europe and all of that. Uh, hence, 
the U.S. State Department, just last week, they approved another additional $400 million. Uh, by the way, $400 million, that's more than a million dollars for every American, right? But we're sending an additional $400 million to Ukraine in military assistance. And they've pledged U.S. Uh, Secretary of State, or State Department, yeah, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, Anthony freaking Blinken, he's pledged that the United States will, quote, stand united with Ukraine for as long as it takes, period, end quote, for as long as it takes. Really? Really? For as long as it takes? Are we really standing in solidarity, united with the re- Ukraine? Is that really happening? No. You know, the answer is, of course not. That's not happening. The polls out there show a healthy majority of Americans have grown wise to this whole entire, you know, international money laundering scheme, and most people don't support dumping more money into Ukraine. And even as those polls are shifting and coming out, now, right now, the Democrats in the U.S. Senate currently are blatantly blocking watchdog groups, international watchdog groups, from, from monitoring where all this money is actually going. Right, well, we need more money. I mean, the sentiment's shifting. We still need more money. You know, we're going to stand forever with Ukraine. We're going to send up millions and billions of dollars, but we're not going to actually keep track of where that money goes. Do you think that's just a coincidence? Friends, I think not. Now, on a bigger picture, just like COVID-19 was used to kick off the Great Reset, the Ukrainian conflict is also being used to advance the globalist agenda. It's being used to institute the new world order. Now, you again, you don't have to take my word for it. I know when the world's new world order come out, some people start running like, oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. But look at it. Just remember what good old H.W. Bush said. He said, quote, out of these troubling times, our objective of a new world order can emerge. Today, that new world order is struggling to be born. A world quite different from the one we have known, period, end quote. Thank you, George H.W. Bush, from September 9th, 11th, 1990. Our objective, a new world order can emerge out of these troubling times. That new world order is struggling to be born. Okay, it's going to be a lot different than the one we've known and all that. Now, add to H.W., you know, the fact that George Soros openly stated that, you know, the objective was to use Ukrainians like cannon fodder in order to spare NATO the body bags and to, you know, for the explicit purpose of advancing the so-called new world order. So there's really no escaping it. If we're intellectually honest and willing to look at the facts, there's no escaping the conclusion that all of this chaos is in fact by design. And it is in fact intended to institute a new world order. And just just keep in mind, friends, these statements were made 30 years ago. Okay, so they are way, way ahead. Now, all that said, I still believe the entire uh, Ukrainian narrative is really just a distraction from the other aspects of the agenda that are being advanced right now while no one's paying attention. You know, same goes for all the hype, you know. Oh my gosh, you know, Hunter Biden's money guy, you know, they caught him, you know, and, and the mysterious 36 visits to the White House. And, and then you've got Nancy the quack Pelosi out there. She's claiming that America, America's going to cease to exist if Trump gets reelected. Oh no. And then, of course, on the right, you get all this squawk about how Trump's latest indictment represents an undermining of democracy. You know, warning, warning, warning. Friends, these are just distractions. In case you have not realized it, democracy is dead and it has been for quite a while but and and, and that's fine we're a republic 
you know. But quite unfortunately, you know, communism is very much alive and well. And just to remind you, last Monday, or no, this Monday, whenever it was, we're talking you know, right out of the Communist Manifesto. The communists are striving to unite the democratic parties of countries all around the world. So regardless of all of that, we're going to set it aside. Underneath the headline news, in the fantasy land where the sock puppet president is preparing to pitch the utter farce that his economy is still booming, underneath all of that, there are tectonic plates shifting in the global economy. Now, I'm going to give you just a little taste here, throw out a few headlines. Seven trends indicate that economic disaster is rapidly approaching. Do you know about these seven trends? The link is right there for you to read it. Friends, the real threat is a market-driven dollar downgrade. Now, you know the, uh, the U.S. economy was just downgraded, but the, the value of the dollar actually getting downgraded, that's the real threat, according to some astute financial analysis. The third uh, article to give you a taste there is that it says, Phase 2 of world financial demolition just started. Okay. Now, within that context there, as more and more major banks around the world continue to accelerate, accelerate uh, going cashless, cashless societies and all that, as millions and millions of people are eagerly you know, lining up to stare into that shiny spherical orb in order to scan their eyeballs and get their spiffy new world ID in exchange, of course, for some free world coin, you know, some free world digital currency. All of this, uh, to me, indicates that the world is ripe for a very rude awakening. It's, I mean, again, very rude awakening, systematic uh, destruction, the destruction of all aspects of existing society. Anyway, think about it like this, friends. I, I lined out uh, five torch reports here, and I'm just going to one sentence sum them up, okay? The global elites have grown bold enough to say... The, they've said the quiet part out loud. They have admitted, in fact, that they are building a new world order. Whether we agree with it or not, that's what they're doing. They talked about that in Davos this summer. That's Torch Report 339, Dangers of Disbelief. I'm not going to actually read the reports. They're there in the report. Uh, the second point, if you think about it, is that we've already been told that global governance, a.k.a. the new world order, this new international system, is at a critical juncture right now. This is back in April. The U.S. intelligence agencies are working to support this new international system by the way. At the very same time, the global elites have given the United States a direct ultimatum. That direct ultimatum is we will either go the way of China or we will go the way of Rome. What do you think the self-serving corrupt politicians in Washington, D.C. are going to choose to do? I don't know. You know, another point here, friends, is that they're using weaponized AI in order to control emerging public perceptions. And they're controlling emerging public perceptions in order to facilitate upheaval over 400 significant anti-government protests all around the world. They're doing this to direct the outcome of elections and that's about to come home to roost the friends the writing is on the wall last point to point out here is that they've recently determined these global elites the secret global cabal they determined that they need to use a little bit less carrot and a whole lot more stick in order to achieve their precious agenda 2030 before it's too late friends at this point the global elites are using weaponized ai to enslave humanity in their own minds 
They're using weaponized AI to conquer the world in broad daylight. And that, to me, to me, that seems a lot more important than talking about the political circus and all the partisan bickering. Doesn't that seem more important to you? You know, friends, that's why we must unite the tribes. Unite us. Unite the clans. We must unite the tribes and fight together before freedom falls for good. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Click the heart and give me some love. Click lots of hearts. Give me lots of love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this terrific Tuesday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.